0: Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say we both recommend
0: this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch the worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you are 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to mm-hmm. go ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, Metal fans, it's Streaming waste and how's it going? And with you, as always, there's Ringo and Greg. Say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we went ahead and took on 2022's Metal Lords, which is rated R on Netflix. But before we get into that, Greg, what have you been into, up to?
1: Well, I think we've both been watching Twisted Metal, and yeah. that shit is dope. I yeah. think that everybody should watch it. I went and looked at the ratings on IMDb, and people were like, ooh, 7.4, 7.5. I say shut the fuck up. This is an 8.5 show. Agreed. It it's is. really good. So I think the problem is, is that a lot of people don't really like these action TV shows. I don't really know why, but if they don't have like a thriller or drama element to them, they just tend not to do well. But anyway, Twisted Metal, great show it is a lot of fun what's his name Anthony Mackie does a fantastic job as the lead character he's so good in that role yeah and i think i think more people should give it a shot i know that people remember twisted metal as oh yeah that weird car video game and that <laughs> is true but they've added the whole story and world around it and it's pretty fun i mean it's got some inconsistencies that i don't love <laughs> like oh the the world's only been dead for 20 years but this guy doesn't remember what a baby is. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, all right, we so, just deal with it. I know they kind of explain it with this whole amnesia thing, yeah. but it's also, that's weird to me too. So,
0: okay, fair enough. I was going to say they, you know, said no memory. So there's that at least. But I have to agree with you. That's kind of weird that the lady of LA was like, oh, that's right. You don't know what a baby is. And I'm like, what? How do you know that he doesn't know what a baby is? Did you yeah, guess that?
1: Yeah, it's very strange.
0: But yeah, twist the metal. Everybody should watch that one as well.
1: It's yeah, it's it's really really fun. I I can't think of the last time I had such a just like a chill time watching a TV show. Not to say it's a chill show, but it's it's dumb fun, and mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it work. Um, yeah hoping that this is what the Fallout show is going to be like, but I really doubt it. I, I have a feeling they're going to force a ton of drama into the Fallout show, which is whatever. I guess you could read some of the storylines li- story as dramatic, but mm-hmm. you're talking about a world with super mutants who talk like this. So I think that maybe we don't need to take it too seriously.
0: <laughs> so I could see the Fallout show going like Halo.
1: Was there a Halo show?
0: There was a Halo show. And it bombed, because episode one, they take off. So, I, okay, I never played Halo, but, you know, you don't have to play Halo to understand the context of stuff. But they take off the main protag's helmet when his helmet never came off in the in the games. Which, you know, you can argue that you can change stuff up like that, but they were, they. I don't know. I remember there being a huge stink fest about the fact that they basically rewrote the whole entire storyline.
1: That is weird that they rewrote the storyline because it's it's a pretty good story in the first place. Well, I mean I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's interesting.
0: Yeah. That being the, said it
1: looks like the show has not been canceled.
0: No, because you know, they've they've got enough backing that they could probably go ahead and keep going. I just remember everyone was losing their shit over it. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's
1: internet nerds, right? Everybody, you could even if they had done it perfectly, there'd still be people be like, "Oh, this not the Master Chief I pictured," and you'd be like, "Oh my god, shut up!"
0: Yeah, and you know they probably hit the right stride with uh, an audience that didn't know what it was about.
1: I would laugh at any adaptation of a video game where the main character is like, whew, okay. We save this little girl. She has the key to enter the vault that we need to get into. Wait, hold on. How many ghouls are over there? Oh, four more until I get my, my achievement. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> that oh, <one. laughs> Dude, is that where that map showed me the rocket launcher was?
0: <laughs> I heard there's a secret over here. I gotta go find it.
1: That would be... I don't know. It'd be fun. I, I don't mind fourth wall breaking stuff like that. So I think it could be that would be fun. But obviously, that's not working to do. I'm sure, like I said, it's going to be some sort of overwrought drama. And it's going to feel like, ugh.
0: It'll be boring for those of us who've played enough Fallout to be like, this isn't Fallout. Come on. Yeah. That being said, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And geez, I haven't cried that much over a movie. I hate saying that about a Marvel movie, but I cried watching a Marvel movie.
1: Dude, Chris Pratt finally decided to go back to Parks and Rec. Did he? No, I'm saying is that what happened oh. at the end? He decided, I'm like, I'm going back to Pawnee, Indiana,
0: <laughs> I, or I so guess kinda,
1: Washington D.C. is where they end up. But
0: so kind of. I mean, in the end, he he leaves the Guardians. Spoilers. Right. But like, they don't
1: deserve Star Lord.
0: <laughs> well, they get Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon takes over.
1: Great. So they they go from a cool dude to a rodent.
0: <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> I'm gonna make you go ahead and watch this so you can you can feel bad about that statement. <laughs> I won't.
1: <laughs> I, oh, I, I will neither watch it nor w- if I watch it I will not feel bad. I will about- make
0: sure you feel bad about it. I'll I'll go get that Fallout mind control shit. <laughs> there's there's a quest for that.
1: If you get that, then yeah, sure. I guess I'll feel. However. <laughs> like- but otherwise, short of mind control drugs, I'm not gonna feel bad about that. Fuck fuck that shit.
0: I cried over Rocket Red Croon, and you're making fun of him.
1: I'm not making fun of him. I'm just disregarding him uh, yeah nah. I'm minimizing him.
0: Right. I just wanted to go ahead and say that because I I really like that movie. So sort of I'll probably get reason.
1: around to watching it one of these days. I've watched yeah. the first two. I saw the first one in theaters. It was like I think our work took us and then the second one I saw on an airplane. So I guess for the third one I'd have to watch it on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> take take my tablet into the bathroom and just watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Go get get 'em Nebula. Doing a business break. Hold on.
0: (laughs) Well, you want to go ahead and get in on this movie?
1: Yeah, we probably should.
0: All right. So this week, we went ahead and took on 2022's Metal Lords, which was rated R and on Netflix. This is a movie about two friends that try to form a heavy metal band with a cellist. uh, That that word's always throwing me off, but (laughs) cellist for a (laughs) battle of bands. This movie stars... Jaden Mart- uh, Martell as Kevin, Adrian Greensmith as Hunter, Isis Hainsworth as Emily, Noah Uria as Clay, uh, Clay Brett Gelman as Dr. Sylvester. The uh, trigger warning on this movie is various violence, drugs, and alcohol reference, and all involving teenagers.
1: I was going to say, yeah, it's not really that there's that much stuff in the movie. It's more that everything that happens happens to teenagers slash kids. Two friends,
0: Kevin and Hunter, have a metal band. Kevin's along for the ride, but Hunter is desperate for metal stardom. After deciding to enter Battle of the Bands, they agree that they need a a bassist. However, Kevin meets Emily, a girl with a metal attitude who kicks ass at the cello. He tries to convince Hunter that Emily is perfect for the band, but Hunter won't have it. Kevin and Hunter have a falling out and then re- uh, reconcile in time for the Battle of Bands. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, my eyes went way faster than my tongue on that one. Kevin and Hunter have a falling out and they reconcile in time for their band Skullflower to compete at the Battle of Bands. This movie was not what I expected. Honestly, Greg, Greg picked this one for this week and I wasn't ex- anticipating what we were getting into. But I can tell you This movie got me into the band Zeal and Ardor. I've got got them open (laughs) over here because I wanted to make sure I I said their name before we got too far into this. What did you think of this movie?
1: This movie was pretty sick. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a surprisingly fun movie. I was expecting something that was going to be either a little more on the music elitist side or more on the teen romance drama side. But this movie kind of tread the line on on both of those and managed to produce just kind of a fun. I I want to say coming of age, but that's not quite right. It's just a fun teen tale. And it sounds dirty to say it that way. Like I feel <laughs> gross saying that, but it is just a fun teen movie. This this is clearly a movie made with metal fans in mind. And I think it succeeds on most of those levels. I think it's it's a really It's a really fun take on the idea of Battle of the Bands. I think in a way you could see it as a spoof or lampooning of what are those movies? Pitch Perfect or something like Glee, where all these friends are trying to to compete for the drama club and win this competition and be, you know, something else. And instead, these guys are like, no, fuck that. We're going to write our own song called, what was it? Uh, Machines of Torment.
0: Oh yeah. Machi-
1: <laughs> Machinery of torment. That's what it was. Yeah. And we're going to do, we're going to do metal and it's going to be different and crazy. Ah. And so I think it's, it's a fun comparison to those type of movies. Obviously. I mean, I guess I can't say obviously only you would know this from our audience or people who know me, but I am a huge metal fan. And so this, this movie was practically made for me or a younger me. So Default going into it, I was already both on edge, but also probably going to like it.
0: Yeah, and going into it, I, the, the one thing that really worried me is where it started off. I was like, oh, great, this is another high school teen drama, coming of age sort of thing. And the thing that I that I hate about those, and I don't know if we've talked if I've talked about that because my memory's you know garbage, but but the one thing that I don't like about teenage coming of age dramas is they over overdo it with characters. Your nerd is super way over the top nerdy. Your jock is a complete idiot and way over the top. And his girlfriend is always the super preppy cheerleader that has to be perfect at everything. And I'm just I was a little worried that we were going to be getting that, but with metalheads thrown in. So having over-the-top metalheads, and I like how they made them just humans.
1: Yeah, it's, it was – it's always a concern with teen comedies, and this is, I believe, the first teen comedy we've actually reviewed or teen story in general. Yeah, We don't – a little behind baseball. I generally remove them from our list mostly because you and I aren't teenagers <laughs> and also – at a certain point, it's kinda like kids' movies. If you start just dunking on kids' movies, what are you doing?
0: Yeah.
1: They're made for kids. They're not supposed to be good. And there's there's a different rant to go on about how too many like well too old people like kids content, but that's not really what this movie's about. We'll I'm sure we'll run into that at some point in the future. Spoilers, we're probably never gonna do the SpongeBob movie, so just don't <laughs> know. But yeah, I usually take the teen comedies off kind of for this reason, right? One, they're they're formulaic to a point, and two, they generally don't do a lot else. I do have a couple, I think, teen dramas and romances, but they're more along the Walk to Remember lines. So they're in that vein. There's a bunch of movies out there about like, these two people didn't know it, but they both had cancer. Now they love each other. And I think it's a weird trope, but I mean, it seems to be popular ever since, ever since Walk to Remember. People have decided this is an acceptable storytelling format, so – But yeah, this movie is fun. It didn't do a lot of the typical teen things. I mean, we did have the jock who was ridiculously jockey. Yeah, we did have the one characterization. The one character I was confused by was I believe it's. I don't think I actually remember her name, but like maybe Debbie or Deborah, the blonde girl that Kevin hits on at the party.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: because for a second. I thought she was supposed to be the love interest because she starts talking about like, oh, nobody stares at me because I'm the ugly one. And all the other girls are pretty, and I'm I'm this, that, and the third. And she's hypercritical on herself. And for a second, I was like, oh, sweetie, you're you're perfectly fine. Like, don't yeah. don't worry about those bitches. But you can't tell a teenager that. Of course, they're gonna yeah. worry about those bitches. That's their job.
0: But I think her, I think her name in the in the movie was Kendall, and I think the actress' name. Yeah, Kendall. the actress's name was Annalisa Fisher.
1: Okay, so Kendall. But then we see her later and she's at the wedding that the that Clay's band is playing that Kevin is filling in for the drummer and she gets in the hot tub and they almost start making out. And then later on, she's rocking out in the front of the show. I just that was the only character I I didn't recognize from other teen movies. They I, I wasn't I wasn't sure what this was supposed to be. Her said her inclusion kind of confused me. And looking back, it kind of almost feels like they threw her in there to represent the more normal girl Kevin could have if he decided to play a more normal life Mm -hmm. or a more normal band. But it didn't. It felt weird in the movie. It was something I could have done without. I I didn't care for that little segue. But it did lead us to the great cameos of Scotty and Kirk Hammett, Tom Morello and Rob Halford all showing up as Kevin's basically a metal godfathers and telling him whether or not he should cheat on his girlfriend. And that was nice. I mean, it sucks for me because all of those dudes looked really old because they are (laughs) old. uh, And I'm used to seeing them, you know, from the, the 90s, the 80s. And so, yeah, to see Kirk Hammett and Rob Halford looking, looking, looking their age, I was like, no, (laughs) no, that means I'm old too. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) But yeah, other than that one character, like you said, this this movie does have uh, all the formulas. Teen movies do tend to have all the formulas. They just use it really well. Yeah, Um, I think both of us should probably clarify a little bit that we when we say formulaic, it's not necessarily a bad thing. If a movie can only be described as formulaic, that's not great, but everything is a formula. Every story has already been written in some degree, and it really depends on what you do with the formula that takes it to a, another level. So, You know what's what's the big criticism on somebody like Danielle Steele or you know why can't think of that guy Nicholas Sparks? Their books are all the exact same. They just copy and paste the same romantic formula over and over again, and it's it's true, right? Or it's it's true to some people, and so it is easy to dismiss them as formulaic. But like I said, everything is formulaic, and so. If you use the formula well, you can end up making something new and fun. And I think that's what Metal Lords did. It's a very fun movie. I think it had one of my favorite scenes in any of the movies we've ever watched, which is uh, Hunter gets all dressed up. So for characterization, Hunter lives up his own ass. This man is the epitome of the metal subgenre elitist who exists in any city that has a record store and any friend group that is. Roughly into heavy metal, there's always this one guy. I know him. I've been him. There are no end of this person that exists. But he lives up his own ass and he thinks that he can kind of do whatever he wants via the power of metal. And and as I note, in that way, he's a perfect lampooning of edgelords as well. Oh, I know. What if I'm even eviler? And it's, it doesn't really matter. As he finds out, he dresses himself in full corpse paint, puts on all his black metal gear, tries to get into a wedding he's not invited to. A cop stops him and says, hey, this is private property. He says, who are you to defy me? A man who walks with gods. And the cop nut taps him with the baton. <laughs> and He goes down with a little whimper of, you know, and just falls on the ground. And that killed me. I was laughing the, so hard.
0: My the, the, the thing that really got me about that was the cop didn't put any force into it. He just yeah. kind of raised it up and just...
1: He, he just dropped. It was so good. and so realistic. I think there's a lot of people out there who overestimate how tough they are. And so I think that it doesn't take very much force being applied to your groin, regardless of what... <laughs> what stuff you have down there? Very little force to the groin from a nightstick. will probably put you on the ground. 100
0: percent, so. man. Yeah. My dog does that shit to me all the time.
1: Oh yeah, dude. I think having a dog and a and a nut sack means that you're just getting beanbagged all the time.
0: Well, okay. So to to go into this, you know, you know, the kiddo's not mine, but whatever. Please I don't go
1: it, into your nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not going that far. No, when I met the kid, he was he was six, and he was, like, three foot nothing. So when he came running at me, if I wasn't paying attention, it was just head right into my sack, and he'd laugh because I'd drop. And I think he found, found that out to be a game. I think he, he thought that was a fucking game. So now he punches <laughs> me in the nuts.
1: Well, I mean, that's also, we all pay him to do that, too.
0: Oh, everybody, oh, pays, everybody pays everybody else but me to do stuff. I... <laughs>
1: I know, and I still did a podcast with you. Think of how much yeah. money I
0: could be making if if I did it without you, you and I was getting paid to spite you. You know, my mom is my mom is probably paying you to do this podcast with me, just like how she pays my wife to be with me. God. <laughs> no, no, no. There's this podcast makes zero
1: dollars. Dear audience, this podcast makes zero dollars. Please send us forty dollars in the mail to one two three Ringo's house, Washington, California. <laughs> I said Washington, California. That's Washington. right. That's where we're at. <laughs> We're in Washington, California State. <laughs> so I would say that as a as a movie watcher and what this podcast is mostly about, this is definitely a recommended movie for me. It's fun. it's It's a romance in the sense that there is a love story in it, but that's not really the point. It is kind of – it's almost like a weird slice of life, and I think it's worth watching. That is my recommendation as somebody who is a – movie podcaster. As somebody who's a big metal fan, this this movie has some issues. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's mostly in the song selection. I think it is obscenely weird that as far as I can tell this movie takes place either in 2021, 2022 or maybe 2019. I I guess we can imply that it's pre-pandemic because nobody's wearing masks. So we'll say it's 2019. And with the exception of two songs on the soundtrack and maybe three songs that he references in the movie, there are like the vast majority of the metal that they're trying to replicate is from the mid 90s to the, the early 70s. And I don't understand that choice. And additionally... Hunter's a fucking dick. Because if you look at the list that he gives Kevin to learn, like, these want to be on metal influences, he put Joey Jordanson, Igor Cavalera, fucking Danny Carey, some of the best metal drummers that have ever existed. And he puts them alongside, like, uh... Bill Ward, who, I mean, don't get me wrong, Black Sabbath has a fine rhythm section, but that's not what they're known for. And rhythm sections in the 70s were different. And so, you know, he's asking he's like, alright, start with War Pigs and work your way up to Schism by Tool. <laughs> you know, that offbeat, you know, not not regular time counts, etc. You know, you could just do what Danny Carey does, right? You could, if we buy you a big enough kit, you'll clearly get the talent. And I think on in terms of If you've hung around with musicians, there's always that guy as well who thinks that if he buys just one more amp or one better pedal, all of a sudden he's going to be good. There are plenty of people like that out there. The joke that they keep making about, oh, this pick's no good. That happens all the time. I've I've seen many people of varying levels of success just throw away a pick because it's like, oh, it's not working for me because it's the pick's fault. Right. But yeah, I thought it was odd that even in the genre that they've picked, which is this. Heavy metal thrash that hasn't really been the style of metal. They haven't picked any contemporary references to it. He calls out Lamb of God at one point, but they don't show him playing that at any point. Lamb of God is absolutely in the new, it's called the new Ameri- new wave of American heavy metal. They are absolutely in the right genre. They don't really talk about Sepultura. They don't talk about Machine Head, which is a fucking crime. Producers, if you're listening to me, fucking add Machine Head to your goddamn movies. Davidian was a fucking classic. It's right in the same time frame as Vulgar Display of Power. Put that shit in your movies. Anyway.
0: You can tell so. that Greg is serious because he got like, you know, two inches closer to the mic. On I
1: him. absolutely did. I leaned in.
0: <laughs> right. I, I know you did.
1: Yeah. But the. But Machine Head's Bay Area legends. And honestly, Rob Flynn is in that category of people People outside of the metal world don't really know him, but people inside definitely know who he is. He's one of those people who appears on the covers of magazines and does interviews all the time. But he should have been in this movie. These kids have the internet. And that's the other part that makes it so weird to me is that they've, they've picked and chose from a specific period of basically the greatest hits that people will recognize from VH1 and classic rock radio, and then a couple random bands from the early 2000s. And then they picked like one Avenged Sevenfold song from 2013, which I'm not a big Avenged Sevenfold fan. so Sorry, anybody out there who was hoping I'd, I'd say I like them. I don't know who the fuck <laughs> you are. but. And then they picked the one Zeal and Ardor song from 2020. And that's it. No Attila, no Wage War, no, you know, why can't I think of the name of that band all of a sudden?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, my God. I just forgot them. They're, they're really big. They're like the new Slipknot. They do the whole mask thing. I just can't think of their freaking name. Oh,
0: uh, Sleep Token.
1: No, no, it's not sleep token. I think that's a little too new for the movie. It's like something suffer. I don't remember. Make them suffer. That is the name of the band I'm thinking of. They're not always wearing masks, oh, yeah. I suppose. But
0: so you and I've discussed that a few times and I, I for me personally I think that, that what they were going for was Hunter was being like you said, so far up his ass that he didn't branch out from anything. That's my opinion. That's what I think it was. I mean, and then semantically, you and I discussed that director, writer, whoever it is that goes around trying to get the uh, authorization to go ahead and use music probably got, you know, lampooned into only using specific ones. But I, I have a feeling that Hunter is meant to go ahead and showcase someone who has some level of controlling disorder, considering he hates his dad and... Uh, and he has problems letting Kevin do stuff, and he doesn't want Emily to join, even though Emily is a goddamn good fucking cello player that would have made their band amazing from the get-go. They didn't need to wait until the last minute to go ahead and add her in.
1: Yeah, I could see the argument being that, you know, oh, he's supposed to represent this controlling idea of what metal is or isn't. But even then, it seems weird to me to take no influence from stuff that has come out. Because Tool is kind of a stretch on the idea of metal, right? They're mm-hmm. progressive metal, but they're not really. And and I know this is this is the hottest take I'm going to deliver for a little <laughs> while. I Next week, I'll cool off here. But this one is important. I, I really, really think a lot of people out there need to hear it. Metal has progressed past Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest. Okay? <laughs> what... Go go listen to whatever is at the top of today's metal charts. I actually don't know. I can't say that I like every new band that comes out, but go listen to something from Arcspire or even Ark Enemy, which I don't think they're necessarily relevant anymore, the new version of Sepultura. Go listen to their music, and then go listen to War Pigs or Painkiller or something like that. They have some similarities, but what was metal then, this traditional heavy metal much more falls into the category of hard rock. And I'm going to say this as a diehard Metallica fan, Metallica is in the same category. Kirk Hammett, if for whatever reason you hear this, I am so sorry to tell you that, but I think you'd agree with me. You guys are not the thrash metal gods you used to be, and that's fine. And there's that old style of quote-unquote metal isn't metal anymore. That's not what metal is anymore. And it bothers me whenever we see some movie set in the present day and the metalhead kid shows up listening to Motley Crue, and I'm like, nope, that is not <laughs> what's happening. I fucking love Motley Crue. I've seen them live. I'm probably going to listen to Motley Crue at least once this week because that "Kickstart My Heart" is a fucking good ass song. And if you're if you're on the other side of this argument, some nerd out there would be like, oh yeah, if it doesn't have drop detuning, you shut up to you. I like Motley Crue, eat my dick. But the. This this past is the past, and they're I, I would never fucking say that you know they don't deserve to be recognized for what they've contributed. But much like the Ramones were punk for this for the time that they were in, they're not punk by today's punk standards, and nobody would recognize them as such. That's the same as Ozzy Osbourne and that ilk. Of metal bands. The mm-hmm. only one of those bands from that time period that they kind of brought up that I think still stays in that category is Pantera. Pantera has its own host of problems. Phil Anselmo does not seem like the greatest human being in the world. I don't know what the content warnings and, and restrictions are on the various platforms, so I won't get too into it. But suffice it to say, he has some at least questionable, if not awful views, depending on which version of stories are true it shouldn't be a surprise to a band that a band that threw a Confederate flag on one of his album covers is potentially a band that has some questionable views, but
0: didn't know that on my part.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You should go check out the Phil Anselmo controversy. He is, he's
0: not a great guy. Yeah. I'll go do that after we're done recording, but uh, real real quick, just, just because I don't want to deal with, you know, the the metal lords, the, the metal edge lords going ahead and sending me dog shit in the mail. I'm no longer at one, two, three, Washington, California. I'm now at three, four, five, Washington, California.
1: OK, good call. Good call. Send it to my house. Yeah. Yeah, no. The other thing, though, and this is this is sad and unfortunately true. There's a scene in the movie where. We said in the synopsis, Hunter doesn't want to let Emily in the band because, one, she has a cello. I get that there's a certain image about that. There's still kind of this idea that metal bands should even have DJs, let alone alternative instruments. It should just be two guitars and a bass and drums and just, yeah, but whatever. But he also says putting a girl in the band would make it gay. And then they do a really funny pan around the room of how homosexual the art can be perceived. That, you know, like Rob Halford in leather on a motorcycle and Goblin Cock with a big fat dick sticking out, you know, (laughs) and I think that and he's like, oh, you have to take that all in context. First of all, again, I know that guy. But second of all, when he says, oh, that would make it gay, that is sadly how so many of these metal dudes think about women in metal, despite the fact that there have been women in metal bands since the late 80s to to early 90s and it's only exploded since then which is again another reason why i kind of draw issue with the music they're using it looks like hunter and kevin want to be in like 1986 right yeah. or they want to be in 1994 but we're way past that these aren't tape traders these aren't guys who have to go rummage through a bargain bin these are people who have like all right story time and i know i'm just rambling a lot here right but no, me and my buddy i'm just gonna call him uh we'll call him steve but me and my buddy, when we used to hang out, we used to go on various file sharing websites that were made nameless and search for all these random bands. We would literally go to a record store and buy two or three different magazines, not records, magazines. And we would flip through them looking for all these random ass obscure bands that we couldn't find at at the record stores we went to. They weren't at Tower. They weren't at Resputants. And we would search the internet trying to download their entire discographies because we wanted to hear this shit, right? Like, oh, fuck. Why is this random ass band that I can't even pronounce? How do you say three Y's in a row? I don't even know what that is, right? And what is the O with the circle through? it? Do I pronounce that or do I say it? Is it a chemical symbol? And so I fucking, you know, we would sit there trying to find these discographies. We'd find them, we'd download them, we'd burn them to CDs, we'd give them to friends, we'd play. I I still have a, Well, actually, I don't know if I threw that away, but for a long time, I had a binder full of CDs in my car and many of them scratched all the hell because they're just old ass CDs. And yes, I am an old man and my hip hurts. But (laughs) Spotify came out and Apple Music came out. And now you can hear so many bands, so many that you either forgot about, never heard of in the first place. Oh, my God. If you're if you're not super into music, but there's a type of music you like, go find the band that makes it and then click on artists also or fans also like and just follow that rabbit hole man it'll be a great day for you more than likely and Mm -hmm. so for these kids to sit around and and act like they've one never heard of metal with a woman in it two metal with a cello in it or three that they haven't heard any metal from like 2006 or later it, it blows my fucking mind it is It is so antithetical to the way I listen and search for music. I will, I I spend days sometimes when I should be doing other stuff, like producing a podcast. I'll just spend two hours going through Spotify being like, does this kick ass? Nope. This sucks. Does this (laughs) kick ass? It is not uncommon for a Sunday morning for my wife and I to sit on the couch and I'll just throw on new music videos. And then we'll just be like, we'll wait until it sucks and we'll skip it. You know, and sometimes we find some good stuff. And on a side note, anybody who is, interested in getting a quicker overview of all that, go to Banger TV on YouTube and check out their upcoming lists, etc. They'll give you a lot of good options for both metal and non-metal records. mostly metal. But yeah, check them out. They're they're a great show. I support it. Also, if you ever want to see a whole movie about metal that is a documentary, Metal Aheadbanger's journey, highly recommend. I better stop here because I will keep going about this. <laughs> back to my movie podcast mode, let me tighten this bow tie so it chokes me a little bit yes overall this was a this was a fun
0: movie <laughs> uh, so so I, I i need to go ahead and put it put in a piece here real quick so while you were talking, you kind of got me thinking I think that the argument can be made that hunter well okay oh, I'm going to say Hunter only. Kevin, Kevin seems more open to finding new music. Hunter, though, I think Hunter would have been the sort of kid that in high school would have been like, oh, I should have been born in 1701. Mm -hmm. In this case, it would have been, you know, I should have been born in 1980, or 1970. So that I grew up in the time of, you know, Pantera and all that.
1: And it always reminds me of that hard times article where it's like, man, who wishes he was born a different decade would have been a loser in the seventies too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really think that the that you really pointed out that that one issue that kind of bugged the shit out of me because I mean, having a cello in a in a metal band is fucking awesome, and they proved it there at the end. And you know what's really awesome about having someone playing the cello is when they come out with a fucking quiver of the goddamn I don't know what the the tool is that they, that cellos use to go and play. A bow, the uh, uh, quiver of bows, to literally play the cello because she's breaking fucking bows and throwing mm-hmm. them at the crowd. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, that's pretty sick, right? Just chucking bows out of the crowd yeah. like that—that's dope. Hunter
0: broke a Hunter broke one of his, his drumsticks and threw that at the crowd. Dude, wh- she broke more than he did, and they both threw stuff at the crowd that oh if I was if I had been in the audience and I'd been hit in the face with the, with the bow, one I would have been mad in the moment, but two after I, I came back, I would have been like, shit, that was fucking metal. I got smacked in the face by a goddamn bow and I'm gonna keep that shit. I'm gonna see if she'll sign it. hell yeah dude I, yeah
1: but I, I would have kept that shit I,
0: I, I've always wanted to go to to more concerts, but I don't I don't really have the the money to go ahead and go. And I've got a kid that I got to deal with, and he doesn't like a lot of the stuff that I like. So, <laughs> my just, wife
1: just send him to New Mexico.
0: I could do that. I uh, got to go ahead and talk to the wife about that, though.
1: <laughs> so I might have him stay with your brother or something.
0: Yeah, well, I still got to talk to the wife about that. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get to go ahead and make those decisions.
1: You're telling me, Mrs. Ringo is not going to be okay with you surprise shipping the child somewhere. <laughs> Notice anything well, different?
0: well so the the place that she would be okay with that is if i shipped him directly over to her to his sister so that he could go ahead and bug the shit out of her for a bit since she just turned 18 see there's an out yeah, there we go. Actually, I could do that. Just so-
1: a note on his chest. <laughs> I wanted to go see Slayer. Please take care of this for three days. You will find a return label in, in the packaging.
0: <laughs> Getting back to the movie real quick, I did have some issues with it. But before I get into those issues, I do think this is a good movie. And I do think that as someone who appreciates metal and is definitely not as big of a metalhead as Greg is, but has spent time diving into stuff, this is a good movie for anyone that likes metal. Now, one of the issues that I did have was the fact that Hunter and his dad hated each other, okay? Not not that they hated each other, but they hated each other, and they made it very clear that they hated each other and that Hunter's dad made him nervous as shit. Hunter breaks his leg, and then all of a sudden Hunter's dad is just like, hey, we're good. And I know that they were ending the movie, so they kind of had to do that. But, I mean, it's just relationships don't really exactly fix themselves over a broken bone. Usually it's, goddamn it, you cost me $100,000 because you broke your fucking bone. Right? right. Other than that, Greg pretty much nailed all the other issues that I had. <laughs> um, and I do agree with you on the, the music thing. It's just that I really felt that I needed to go ahead and put out a possible argument or a reasoning for why they might have not chosen anything new. <laughs> I'll
1: just say this. If the reason for it is licensing rights, it makes sense that a movie about metal is hamstrung by corporate bullshit. So <laughs> that, is, that is very fitting. Yeah. But yeah, I do recommend this movie despite all the things I said about the actual music part of it. But one last note about that. I think at one point he describes his band as a post-death doom metal band. <laughs> that is not what they play. I challenge any of you to go look up either post-meth or... Post-meth? Post-death post-meth. or... I mean, post-meth metal is definitely a thing too, but you're probably not <laughs> going to find too many of those bands on Spotify. You can go listen you to Symmetrical Kind of Life. <laughs> but yeah, go listen to Post-Death, go listen to some Doom metal, and then go listen to Machinery of Torment and tell me that that shit is either one of those.
0: Yeah. Real quick, I got to ask you: can you explain to me what post-death metal is?
1: I honestly can't because. The genre of death metal has become so sub genre that it is almost impossible for me to guess at what something is. Some okay. stuff is self-explanatory, like Viking metal, because it's death metal, but about Vikings. Or it's power metal, but about Vikings. But it is not the same with post-death. I- I'm guessing it just means a new wave of death metal. But okay. I, I don't know. It's not a genre I'm familiar with. It sounds made up.
0: It's probably not made up, but it's probably not at all what Hunter wanted it to be.
1: Oh, never mind. I looked it up real quick. Oh, no, this is just post metal. What the fuck is post death metal? Ah, anyway, we can we can move <laughs> on.
0: Uh, oh, something that uh, that's in my notes that I didn't uh, really appreciate about this movie is the fact that all of the students actually got into a mosh. I, I like yeah, that. That was, that was fun. Cool. But yeah. This movie is definitely on my list. I'm going to go ahead and you know talk to oh. uh, the wife about throwing this one on and the Peanut Butter Falcon, and hopefully we'll both enjoy those. I think we'll we'll both enjoy those.
1: So to answer the question, it is actually what I read first, which is it's basically post rock, which is a lot more ambient and a lot more long instrumental parts combined with the tuning and riffing of death metal. So I would say probably the closest you get is something like Isis, not the not the organization. <laughs> But the band, Neurosis, is probably also in that category.
0: <laughs> the second you said Isis, I knew exactly. I was like, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I hope you guys all appreciated the lesson that Greg went ahead and put forth on what death metal is, or post-death metal. <laughs> And I hope that you guys all like watching this movie. If you go ahead and watch it, especially since the jock really does look like drew good. And that's been my joke this whole entire time. You got anything else to add, Greg?
1: I love the use of blood and thunder in this movie.
0: Yeah, that was good. If you want to know what they played in the, in this movie without seeing the movie, I mean, you can go ahead and look it up on Spotify. Just look up metal Lords. It'll pull right up. You got two options. You've got the, music that they played in the movie and then you've got the list of bands that Hunter had Kevin go ahead and learn from that being said, we are streaming Wasteland and you can go ahead and find us on Twitter, fuck calling it X, I fucking hate you Elon Musk, I hope you go ahead and get your ass beat by Zuck if you actually get in the ring we are also on Zuckerberg's website, Facebook, which I hope that he doesn't change it to something else which I know that he changed something to meta, whatever, we're good shit about that we're on TikTok. We are on Instagram. We are on Threads, which apparently Threads is dying. Have you heard about that? We'll see. Yeah, it's still in the early phase, so who knows? YouTube, and do we have anything else?
1: No, I think that's about it. Instagram, yeah,
0: Spot- Spotify, Instagram, iTunes, Amazon. Anywhere Spotify
1: is, anywhere, anywhere Spotify is, anywhere podcasts are found.
0: <laughs> and with that, that's been streaming wasteland. Say goodbye, Greg. Goodbye, Greg. Bye, Greg. Have a good one, guys.